Hey guys, welcome. Episode 21 of the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Thanks for joining. I'm coming from the inside of a Toyota two weeks in a row from Jackson Hole. Same spot, same driveway, uh, same everything. Um, the great outdoors. They are great. It's been amazing. We've been here like two weeks. I'm going home this week. Uh... You know, I'm doing this podcast. I'm with you every week for 30 minutes or less. I haven't really done the less, though. And even though everyone's looking forward to that part, you know what I'm saying? I mean, who wouldn't want less of this? If you really... (laughs) What a great ad. If you want even less than this show, then don't listen. But, uh, no, I mean, people, I think, would want less. I'd I'd love to wrap this thing up at, like, you know, I'd love to come up short. Like a 17 minute episode? How nice would that be? Who doesn't want a half day? Why can't I just phone it in? I'm def I'm definitely microphoning it in. I'm definitely microphoning it in. Still in Jackson Hole, guys. Been here two weeks. What a dream. Good hot days and evenings are le fantastique with uh, the beauty and the cool air. It's just nice. It's it's you know, L.A. gets cool at night a little bit. I mean, August and September's a little rough, but uh, at least the nights are nice. I don't think nights nights get that nice in uh, in uh, Arizona until about, I don't know, mid-late September. So just nice to be cool, right? I got to find a way to drop two weeks to a month here in summertime every year. I don't know what I'm doing, but from now on, it's going to be two weeks at least. In uh, July, August, hopefully that area. I got family up here. It's a good base, and it's just a good reboot. Even though I don't need a reboot because I don't do anything. Um, I have a friend, Lewis, in Sun Valley around this time every year. He's got a family. He comes up here once or twice a year. I could go see him while I'm up here for two or three weeks, four hours away. I could go to Helena, Montana, which is four and a half hours away, which is where I spent four years of college, and I'd love to revisit some of that. And I didn't do that on that this trip, but uh, so that's what I'm, I'm hoping to do is in the summer, from now on, for the rest of my life, come up here, two, three, four weeks, July, August, and hit a weekend in Helena, hit uh, hit maybe uh, once or twice, hit Sun Valley. Just been great. Reconnecting with nature, family, reconnecting with nature. How about connecting with nature? Doing the first thing, doing the first part. To reconnect, you first have to have been connected. Um, but when was I ever connected with nature? At birth? And then from there, it's just gone off the rails. Um, Why do we get away from it? Fucking McDonald's. Did I just swear? Now I have to label this an explicit episode. It cuts down on my children audience. Um, Oh, last week I talked about the three places you could drink tap water. One was being Jackson Hole. One was being San Francisco. One was being New York. Um, I forgot that when I was in Chejido, Korea, I was in South Korea. I would literally, I just had the same bottle. All year I was there and just kept refilling it right out of the tap. So Chejido, Korea too, the island off the southern tip. You can just drink right out of the tap, put it in the fridge, and it's great. Man, episode 21, we made it. I didn't think we'd get this far. I'm in a car in a car in a parking lot with my family inside the house. They probably think I'm insane. Yeah, like this did it? They didn't already know I was insane? This did? They're like, look, at he's doing something weird. Wow, he... Hold on, guys. Hold on. Our brother, son... Nephew, niece, cousin's uncle. Pat Keen, Patrick Keen might be insane. This is just hitting us now. No, they knew it, okay? So 21 episode. 21 is my first number ever when I played football. It was grade school. It was like fourth or fifth grade St. Clement's School in Toledo on Tremainsville. 
21 was also one of my best pals um, number in high school, coincidentally, Dave Shear, who went on to play at Dartmouth uh, for Jay Fiedler, um, who played for a couple teams in the NFL, Miami most notably. I don't know where else. Welcome to the Keenan Football Podcast. Gee, it only took us about five minutes to get here again. Every week, every week. Where are we? Yeah, we're not even, we're four and a half minutes in and I'm talking NFL teams. Okay. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so he, he had a great career. Fiedler did. Both my grade schools have closed, guys. St. Catharines in Laguna Beach is closing, and St. Clements in Toledo is now a school for special needs children, which I'm fine with. Good cause, I hope. I think it's um, I think it's special needs. I think it's autism or something. I don't know if it's called St. Clements, but that's, um, again, that's on Tremainsville. Our colors were maroon and gold, and we had a mascot called the Chargers, and in fifth or sixth grade, there was a contest to decide who would come up with the logo, the look, and uh, everybody in the school submitted their little sketch, and it was one. I had a pretty good one. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it was won by a classmate of mine, friend of mine, Dan Gesick, G-E-C-I-K, big family, youngest of several. Um, my His older sister actually went to school with my, my uncle. So crossing generations. Anyway, that logo still remains uh, there, weirdly. I was there a couple years ago, and I saw that even though it's, the school's not, but the logo's there. But good job on that, Dan. That's that's like 1983. Um, should I do every podcast, every episode from inside a Toyota? I don't know. Terrible breathing last episode. I was in a car. I had the pot. I had this freaking computer on my stomach. My legs, diaphragm, everything was blocked, so my breathing was terrible. Now, hopefully, it's better. And uh, do you know the song? I oh, didn't even reference the song last week's episode. Was going to Jackson. I didn't even reference that June Carter and Johnny Cash. It's their song. Blasphemy for not bringing that up. Shame on me. Shut me down, you anchor. Um, maybe every episode just should just be an analysis of the most previous episode. I don't know. Um, are podcasts different if you do them from car to car? I don't know why I have that question written. I don't know what it means. Guys, I've been riding electric bikes. They're amazing. All right, these electric bikes... You know, you want to ride the bike, but you also want to enjoy the power that the bicycle has. I'm looking at them now for one in L.A. Not a fat tire one, a thin tired one. I almost pulled the plug on one I bought and was going to buy one in Scottsdale this week. And then uh, possibly pick that up and drive it back to L.A. I think I'm just going to wait back until I get back to L.A. Plenty of people trying to get rid of stuff that's brand new that they never used. Um, so that's on my list. An electric bike is on my list of things to get... Um, after I get health insurance. Okay. Where are we here? Okay, we're about five minutes in now. Right? No, seven. Oh, wow, we're, we're moving fast. Okay, I've been watching with the girl, with my nephew and niece, Kieran Cooper. By the way, we went uh, rafting yesterday, and it was amazing. It was so easy and fun, and we got wet, and there were a couple little, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, currents or rapids that you go through, and you can stop at a few places, jump off and jump in, freezing water. Uh, but it was fantastic. Chad did most of the rowing, my brother-in-law. And you, it, it's just that connection with nature. I mean, it's unstoppable. And I, it sounds trite, but <clears throat> you got to get back and do it. Okay. Uh, when I'm not in nature, I'm inside in the mornings usually because we just dropped Cooper off at hockey camp. Guy's just a shredder, man. Just every sport. Every freaking sport. He wants to play tackle football. We're trying to convince him not to. Flag football even. We're like, you got enough stuff. Don't worry. I tried to show him the scar on my knee from the ACL. I'm like, you don't need it, man. You don't want this. Okay? You don't need it. 
uh, if you're a kid that's big and strong and in the hood and football is your only way out and you play it a lot and it's part of the environment, go for it. In Jackson Hole, screw it, man. Play tennis, ski, do all these other things. Okay, to a certain point. He hits junior high, high school, and it's like, I want in. You got to let, let him in. Let him do his shot. Um, for now, it's like, dude, are you kidding? Stick with hockey. Get more get more concussions that way. Um, skiing, stuff like that. Don't, don't, don't do this football stuff. Anyways, so when we're not doing that downtime, we watch a lot of trolls and a lot of troll hunters. Two different shows. A lot of, those are two different animated shows. A lot of people might think it's the same one. Don't get confused. It's a common mistake for um, older, unmarried, unchildren having adults. Uh, Kelsey Grammer has a voice in Troll Hunters, which is good to see him working. I don't know what was being served at Cheers, but he and Sam Mayday Malone cannot stop getting work. Good to see. Glad. Okay? Don't want to, don't want you to be multimillionaires when you can be a billionaire while everyone else is trying to get work. Um, but I was watching the Trolls. It was one of the segments, the Trolls World Tour. There's a punk rock band. Um, it's like a punk rock and roll singer. And it's a very young, angry person, right? And I got to thinking about the balance that comes with age. And, you know, your life does not need to be determined uh, in the first 15 years. You know, first 12, 15, 20, even 30 years of your life. Some people um, don't even get to live long enough to forgive themselves. Because you can live all these other lives later on. You forget, you learn, you forgive yourself. You know, if you're lucky, luck, lucky enough to live long enough to forgive yourself, your younger self. And what's funny is sometimes you feel guilty that you get that second or third chance. So you also have to, you not only forgive yourself, but then you have to not feel guilty about um, moving on and everything. Just, just, just acknowledging and appreciating that you have that opportunity is is, is paramount. You know, we have opportunities our ancestors and humankind didn't have just a generation or two ago and beyond not just the ancestors but you know parents and grandparents science through the social acceptance of uh psychiatry and having another set of eyes another set of ears another brain on your situation can you imagine looking through your life through another set of eyes how helpful that would be and hopefully that's what your closest relationship brings um and you don't you don't send it away after three years without embracing it more anyway but uh, get another set of eyes on your life. It'll help. Don't be afraid. They, they can't legally even, they can't, you know, go to the cops if you've got some gnarly stuff. Hopefully you don't need to do that. What? Um, okay, so I was thinking about these cartoons, right? And this punk rocker. I was thinking about how as a white male heterosexual raised in the suburbs and the first 18 years of my life are fine, then the next seven are great with college and a job, but then you want to do something with your soul that you haven't addressed yet and you engage that and have to work your way from the bottom. And some people do it the right way. Some people do it the wrong way. I kind of did both, right? I wasn't born poor, but I was able to find poverty with the help of Christ. Through Christ, no, it wasn't the help of Christ. Uh, you find poverty, you find struggle with trying to pursue your dreams, riding Greyhound as long as I did. Not that it's a bad thing, but there's no way I should have been doing it as long. Uh, shopping at co-ops for groceries, living on a friend's couch, living a life that relies on discounted, you know, um... A discounted state of being, right? Having to buy so many clothes at secondhand shops. Not that that's the worst thing. But uh, there are ways around that or through it or over it. or been. Even though it's your own doing, you know, which it was for me, it's not the uh, other people, other people's own doings that are going through that. You know, black, white, Latino, poor people that are born into poverty, 
that have to live this way. They never had the chances, you know. So for them to live a normal life, normal by our standards, you know, they have to be superheroes. They have to uh, do things we could never have done with the resources that we have. And we expect them to do those things that we could never do without the resources that we have. So it's quite hypocritical, right? And so I'm thinking about this punk rock band and, and after years of struggle, I finally understand a lot of punk rock more. I understand a lot of even white anger, you know, anytime I met someone who was angry, that was white in their youth, it was like, what is this person's problem? We have all the benefits. Usually it's a broken home. It's usually a broken home. Or a dad that expects way too much out of the kid thinks they're going pro. Um, sports. If a kid gets a 3-0, right, a lot of dads, 3-0, it's fine. They don't go, you could get a 4-0. I feel like there's more pressure, like, if you're a starter on the team, but you're not getting enough hits or home runs or enough playing time or enough, then there's more pressure on the sports than there are the grades. But who knows? There's plenty of, plenty of all of it. I understand Nirvana more now. I relate to youth anger more now in a different way, right? I understand it. The opposite would be like of me as like an Ice Cube and Eddie Vedder and Eminem started out hard, but now have riches. So now, you know, it's a new challenge, right? It's a new challenge. They maybe have calmed a bit in a good way and understand a different perspective. What's always interested me is if an artist can continue to contribute, continue to create when so much of their craft was rooted in a poverty they no longer experience. You know, it's a new challenge, I'm sure. My point is there's an area of overlap that we can all connect on when someone's lived multiple in multiple worlds on the socioeconomic scale. A lot of the danger comes from someone who was born poor, remains poor, unable to rise out of it, and then they're going against the, the world. Then they're going against a world, right? Mostly white, of people that have only known affluence. People born into Orange County uh, went away to a uh, nearby school, or you know, one of those kind of satellite schools that you could go right back to Orange County, live your life, think you've seen the planet, and think you can make decisions that will help poor suffering. How? are these people supposed to understand each other, right? So you've got, you've got affluence on top of affluence, and then you've got poverty on top of poverty, um, all you know within 45 minutes to each other, or maybe on the same street with Tent City. So you need to look at all perspectives, right? If you care, if you care about where someone's coming from. If you don't care, then keep doing what you're doing. Enable you know, the devolving that this country is going through. Just keep, keep adding to that. Uh, so I guess it's a long way to go around the idea and the realization that I can only relate to a lot of poor, angry society by having tried to live the dream of being a performer and performing and, and becoming poor myself through that. Moderately poor, right? Never been without a roof over my head or without friends who could provide lodging and uh, financing from time to time. But I wish I could realize that without having to go through it, which is hopefully what the message is. But whatever, you know, at least I see a lot of it now. It's a spotlight on some of the cruel and absolute non-caring organisms I grew up with in Orange County. I don't think they all necessarily mean what they post on social media. But man, never has a more privileged group who are also raised under the concept of Christ been so cruel and such failures of compassion. I can't imagine a greater hypocrisy ever existing, as bad as any European royals, you know, back in the day who we were trying to get away from because uh, they just were openly bad, but we're actually claiming Christianity and 
and we have the knowledge uh, and the history and have been able to study how bad they were, yet we passively do it. You know, but I know they have hearts inside them. I grew up with them. I know they don't necessarily mean what mean the dipshittery they post. I know so much of it is social media and being able to have immediate reactions from people, get approval from whatever tribe you're in, and engage with people you know will take issue. You're looking for a fight. Okay, so I know a lot of it's that. Uh, but it's not easy. We're all human. In this country, the aim is to make money. It's not necessarily create not to love, not to be a better society or a country, it's to make money, to get ahead. For America, for the troops, not the priority, okay? Those are the calls, those are the battle calls we cry, but it's not for the country. It's make money at pretty much any cost and have them buffers in there to protect us from our own conscience, right? It's like guilt insurance. Have enough buffers that you're like, oh, I'm not contributing to that. You are, um, but we make it look like you're not. Then we'll slap a little Christian label on it so we can sleep at night and all will be good. Okay. Um, where did this all come from? I don't know. We're 17 minutes in. Um, anyway, these cartoons are insane nowadays. That's my point. They just, they, they really make you think kind of, I still love the Smurfs, but I was watching an episode of trolls, man, trolls world this morning and they're playing dodgeball one scene and then fighting demons the next. And I'm like, how, how are we expecting kids to keep up if that's their range of the universe? Okay, a um, little more than halfway through. I want to talk about Ellen for a second, DeGeneres. Um, she was mean, so now she's getting called out. Was Ellen that mean that she's being called out? I mean, it's okay for male coaches and drill sergeants, but not for celebrities running shows in a very competitive field. I'm just asking. I, w I want to know. Like, she's trying to survive daytime. She's, I think, the key queen of daytime now because Oprah's gone. You know, because I've worked for some tough women that needed to be tough to keep a show running well and keep it on the air. And Ellen comes from a background of being a female comic in a harsh 80s stand-up comedy world, and she's lesbian. Okay? That is a road with a lot of challenges in front of it. Now, I probably need to look into the stories, but to me, she's like Mo Green in Vegas, right? In The Godfather. You know, right? She's got a business to run. She got to kick some butt sometime to make it run right. We had a little mar argument, Fredo and I. So I just straighten him out. Okay, that's a little bit what Ellen is. Um, we can just publicly flog people now for being mean, even in the business world. Like I work for some tough but fair women at at uh, Gilmore Girls, fair skinned too. No, uh, they were tough but fair. They ran a successful show. Why? Why is it okay to love a football coach for being tough? to get success, but not uh, a female showrunner. I went to Leslie Kahn's School of Acting. That was tough. Those to do it, If you wanted to be good, it was tough. She wouldn't take it easy. She had tough teachers. Did I excel as an actor? No. <laughs> but I sucked a little less after leaving. I'd love to go back. It's just a little expensive. I'm on a different path right now. It's fine. I still endorse that school. Um, and the toughness, and she and I had a conversation once about it. Uh, I complimented one of her teachers for being tough and like a football coach and that um, one of our classmates was complaining because she said the teacher was too tough and it was like, this is how you, you get better. But that person had never been pushed in any field. So she thought she was just being, I don't know, discriminated against or uh, receiving harsh treatment. She wasn't. That was tough love she was getting, which is what this country needs. We're such pussies. Um, 
other look Leslie Kahn, great school. Other school, other people who I was there with uh, at Leslie Kahn, who excelled: uh, Tiffany Haddish, Roy Wood Jr., Paris Hilton, uh, Kristen Cavalier, Cavallari. I never did pronounce that right, even when she was there. Uh, myself, you know, all the greats. <laughs> There's a couple of greats in there. What are we talking about? What the hell is this podcast? What are you doing to yourself listening to this? Turn it off immediately. Go do something productive. Read a, read a book. If you're listening to this while you're driving, I'm trying to get you to read a book and crash? Turn it off. You better report this. Okay, what are we, where are we at here? All right, we got about 10 minutes left, um, and then I can just leave everyone alone. Um, anyway, okay, so so uh, Ellen's generous. If that's the criticism, being mean, being harsh, um, that's tough. I get I get some of it. I get some of it. I worked on Kimmel. There's plenty of people that you want you want to take a swing at. Believe me, um, not the top guy. My interaction with Jimmy was never there was there's just no reason for it. I was kind of too low on the totem pole. Um, but you know you have guests that you want to. Mm, oh man, and you have you have to do uh, crowd control. You want to take a swing, man. Um, and then you know you may have a, a producer on your case who's uh, bringing down your neck a little too much, or you're out on the sidewalk trying to wrangle people to be in a sketch, a hidden camera thing, that can be tough. Uh, you got to keep your cool, man, and you're thankful in the long run that you didn't lose it. Um, so this is, I don't know. And and plus, some of these salaries on these shows, look, the the money, if, if you're in show business working on a show, making a good salary, the money isn't the workload. The, the, the money is for putting up with the egos. The work, when you're working on a show, is kind of the creative uh, process, but a lot of it is putting up with the ego and smiling and nodding and doing things a second and third and fifth time and doing them a certain way, even though you know that way is not right, and just enduring that ego, man. That's it. And putting up with the person's not in a good mood. And that's that's what show business is. And I, I'm sure there's people that made a, a lot of money, but they're like, this job sucks because this person's being mean. Um I'm sorry. That's the job. Sometimes it's like in the crown episode one or two, you know, the King, his daughter's being married to that guy. And he's like, look, man, it's going to be his new son-in-law. He's like, the job is her, like your job, whatever you're a Duke or whatever you wanted. That's no longer the job. The job is her. And a lot of relationships work that way. And a lot of people are cool with that. So in show business, the job is, um, putting up with that person. Now, it's all a wash if she was in cahoots with the Jeffrey Epstein mess. If that's what the criticism is, the Jeffrey Epstein Association, I get that. I guess. I mean, how much were people involved? Did they know what was going on? Did they watch? Did they partake? Uh, did they think it was hearsay? Did they turn a blind eye? Okay. I've had a few good nights on earth, and I've had a couple nice paychecks where I've not cared about anything else. So I can't imagine being rich, famous, um, and I don't know what would matter to me. I'm on an island, tropical. I've clearly made it in life. This is incredible. Maybe someone set up a romantic interlude for my individual needs, and then they said, oh, this is what's going on in another room. I don't know. I hope now I would, because now you see the backlash and see what it entails, and you know a lot more. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I don't know. You're like, oh, this person is doing that with this. I hopefully wouldn't have just turned a blind eye. I don't know. There were rumors growing up of the Catholic priests doing what they were doing, back door, back, back door, back room, but everyone kind of conveniently ignored it, you know, and the blowouts came later after I'd graduated college. So I wasn't involved with any of that. 
Uh, but there were priests in both high school and college who liked the D um, of all ages. Uh, okay, we're at 24. Okay. Um, so anyway, so complete bitch. I don't know how much of a bitch. And I know, I believe me, I've worked on plenty of shows. I'm 47. I've worked on plenty of shows, PA'd, and been treated very bad. But I don't think I would come forward about this. Um, I, I, and I hate dogpiling. You know, I hate the pylon. But you know what? Be cool. Be a nice person. You got great lives. I know she went through hell to get there, but it's time to be nice. And maybe she'll learn from that. I think she has plenty of fans and uh, she's a smart person and we'll get it through. All right. Um, I read my nephew's book on the Beatles. I was upstairs. I'm sleeping in his room because he wants to sleep with his grandma in the, on the couch bed. So they've been sharing a couch bed. Uh, it was my nephew's book. So it was easy reading. But still very well written, informative, better than anything I could write, which is good to know, you know, that I couldn't even write a book for a nine-year-old. That's great. Great book. Uh, just And there's just not enough coverage on the on the Beatles, right? So it's, it's a tough find. Uh, some things I didn't know. Ringo was the oldest. George was the youngest. Uh, there were like five or six of the Be- them in the band at one point. One guy who came up with the name the Beatles fell in love with a girl while they were on tour in Hamburg. He ended up staying there. One guy back in England just got a job. He's like, I'm out. Pete Best was replaced by Ringo. Manager Brian Epstein came in and put on the finishing touches. You know, he wanted them to tour more. The Beatles only toured because they were like, no, we're out, man. The the touring sucks. The concerts, it's too loud. We can't even hear ourselves sing. Uh, The Beatles only toured toured for 2.5 years, two and a half years after they entered America. They were done by by 1966. They were done performing, and their last concert was in San Francisco. Um, They wanted to record music. They're like, we're taking it in studio. Uh, Paul wanted a tour. The rest of the band really didn't want it. Brian Wilson style, right? They recorded three to four more albums with no touring, broke up in 1970. Paul formed The Wings and toured with them. The first number one song by an ex-Beatle was George Harrison with My Sweet Lord. Uh, they kept recording music together, just not all four of them at once. Paul and John almost crashed an SNL episode in 1975 because they were offered money um, there were, there was like a joke on SNL. They're like, we're offering them $1,000 if they come down each, if they come down and perform and John Lennon and, and, and Paul were together that night watching it on TV and they almost did. Uh, John Lennon releases that killer album. Like three, it was like three weeks before he was gunned down, man. Can you imagine how much more good music he would have put out? Um, I had no idea that that album came out just a few weeks before he was, uh, shot down dead in Manhattan. Tragic and beautiful. Um, I would have been eight when he was shot living in Mission Viejo. I don't know if I remember it. We moved a few months later. Uh, we were not connected. It, it had no connection to the, the shooting, but uh, we moved to another part of Mission Viejo, more south, closer to Mission Viejo High School, further down Muirlands. I remember my dad talking about John Lennon dying when we had people in over, over in 81. So why did I remember it in 81, but 1981 happened? Maybe because it happened late in the year. It happened in December. Um who knows but uh wow just fascinating just you know what this is like a diary more than anything for me so i appreciate anyone who's listening because uh this is definitely not designed to uh to get listeners and boy am i succeeding in that design um so uh let's see uh now oh yeah here we go we're gonna do uh yeah we've reached that time where it's patrick keen's tweets of the week ladies and gentlemen on monday i tweeted uh there's something about Shrek's wife. Isn't that funny? There's something instead of there's something about Mary. Both roles were played by Cameron Diaz. 
because I was watching Shrek 2, again with the kids. I was like, there's something about Shrek's wife instead of there's something about Mary. I don't think anybody on earth got that one. Uh, on Tuesday, I tweeted, this coffee grinder app is the strangest thing. You know, coffee grinder, overlap there. Coffee grinder, grinder app for like gay on gay love. But this coffee grinder app, like you're, what would that possibly entail? You want to meet up and have gay sex and a coffee? Well, we're at explicit again, it looks like. On Wednesday, I tweeted, ducking spell check ruins more jokes than standards and practices. Ducking, get it? Instead of F-U-C-K-I, instead of the F word, uh, ruins more jokes than standards and practices usually shut you down. Um, they're this agency, that's what they're designed to do to make sure everything runs clean. Uh, on Thursday, I, treated, I tweeted, is it all praying mantis or are some atheist? Is it all praying mantis or are some atheists? And I immediately put sorry after that, praying atheist. Okay, uh, on Friday, I tweeted, who's everybody polling for in the November election, China or Russia? China or Russia. And that's a good that's a good Friday tweet. Got a lot of love. That got more more than any uh, in the rest of the week. Because um, Russia, you know, they talk about Russia colluding with Trump. They want him. And then China supposedly doesn't, which uh, makes me wonder, oh, maybe he is the better one. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where we are with China. China. Uh, okay, great. Great episode. Great. Who knows? I don't know that any of them are great. Jesus. Okay, we're wrapping it up here. We got about 30 seconds left. Uh, I'm in Vegas this upcoming weekend. Going to drive with my mom there. I think we'll be staying at Golden Nugget Casino if anybody wants to party and blow it out late night with my mom, um, which is where, you know, that's where you want to be with your mother, the Golden, Nut, the Golden Casino, <laughs> Nugget Casino. Uh, doing a show Friday night, August 14th with Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, Quindall, and Aaron Darling. Uh, show is at 7 p.m. Pacific at Backstage Bar and Billiards, socially distanced, streaming from BBB, Facebook, and YouTube. My mom will get to see these acts that I've been telling her about for years. So I'm really looking forward to her meeting them and seeing them in action. It'll be nice to be there for a show slash vacation and not a middle school basketball tournament, as much as I love those. By the end of those tournaments, parents would cheer extra hard for their kids to go, to, to go pro since they've all gambled all their college funds away. So that's what we're dealing with. Goodness gracious. All right. So this is the Keen on Things podcast. Patrick Keen, K-E-A-N-E. Just like Bill Keen, he did Family Circus, just like the band in England. And uh, yeah, check me out. Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Instagram, Keen of Comedy. And thank you guys so much for listening. Keen on Things podcast. Love you.